Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey yo, welcome in to the TFA Dino Show. Robbie Jeffries here at NFL Robbie on Twitter. Here always with my main squeeze, Tom Corson at Dynasty Infidel. So, Tom, week six is in the books, and you know, it's another week of both Eagle players and Cowboy players taking a hit. I, I know our, our fans are probably tired of us talking about the Cowboys and Eagles, but if we had to make an all Madden injury team, like we just did a Madden uh, draft on the on the Xbox, on the PS, you know, and we pulled in all of these injured players, I'm pretty sure we would have a team that could compete with the Chiefs, you know, the all Madden legendary team, like every position, right? It's absolutely bonkers with all the injuries that we've had. I, I don't even uh, – the Eagles have been going through it for years, so I can't even say, like, I'm shocked or anything. But it, it's – this year it's just on a, on a different level. Yeah, I mean, we, we would have a quarterback with Dak. We'd have a running back with Miles Sanders. We'd have a couple of tight ends, maybe a tight end with Goddard and a half a tight end with Ertz maybe. We would have the two of the best tackles in football, Tyron Smith and Lane Johnson. Uh, uh, guards. Have, uh, All Brandon, the guards. Brandon Brooks, yeah. Zach Martin went out with a concussion in week six. <laughs> Center, I mean, if you want to pick Travis – uh, Frederick, who retired, or you want to pick Joe Looney, his pretty good replacement. Yeah, that sure, also that, got that's hurt. fine. We can do that. We can do that. So, okay. <laughs> we can't rant about Cowboys and Eagles this entire show, so we must go on because it is a good show planned. Episode 11 is probably my favorite uh, concept that we've created in the 11-year history of the TFA Dino Show. We are doing 2019 rookies versus 2020 rookie battles, WWE style. Think Attitude Era, 1990s. We're going to pit uh, 2019 rookies up against the rookies of this year. Um, so I'm pretty pumped up about that. And that's going to come a little later in the show, but Tom, right off the top week, six takeaways, what was your main thought as we culminated week six and we're heading to week seven. All right. So I know everybody's sick and tired of hearing about the Eagles and the Cowboys, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Travis Fulgham is actually a thing, Robbie. I know you think he's a little bit more of a flash in the pan, but guess what? He should be the starter. If Alshon ever comes back, which, by the way, horrible roster management, why they didn't put him on the pup. He's just like sandbagging or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play at all. But ah, here we go. Fulgham is the wide receiver, too, since he's got in the lineup. Over the last three weeks, he's gone 26 for 284 and three touchdowns. Carson Wentz has a 153.5 passer rating when targeting him, which is ridiculous. Uh, he almost had a, a Hail Mary at the end of the game the other day. I, I mean, the big thing is he, he's gotten 26 targets. And I know you can talk about the injuries and, and everything else going on there, but Carson, he's looking at him now. And in the second half, when Carson actually got cooking last game, 
that's what who who's going after. So he, I think he might be a thing, and and most likely he's he's gone in your legs. But Travis Fulgham's looking pretty good, man. So are you concerned at all once? Rager returns. I think he can return. Probably not. He's not returning for tomorrow, but week eight, uh, you know, he's he's has the potential to be back. Djax is going to go tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, I should say. You know, are you concerned once these other wide receivers start to come back that that really kind of limits his target share in the offense? Um, possibly, but so he might get less targets. But at the same time, they throw the ball enough where he's going to get targets, and he's going to be that big-bodied wide receiver that they actually want to throw to because you have Djax and Rager. Um, Rager can slide into the slot. Djax can slide into the slot. Uh, Fulgham actually was in the slot for 27% of his plays as well. Uh, so I think, you know, if anything, it might help him because they're going to start shifting coverage over towards him because they don't have anything else because Ertz and Sanders are hurt now and and who knows. But one of, one of the other things that I missed According to PFF, he has the highest um, or the fourth highest receiver grade, only behind Jefferson, Hopkins, and Adam Thielen. It's just it's bonkers what he's been doing. It, it could be a flash, but at the same time, he's looking really good. Yeah, in in my opinion, I think that's a perfect opportunity for all the reasons you said. You know, just sell him for for whatever you can. I think if you're we're talking dynasty, I, I'm. I personally think he's more of a flash in the pan. Uh, it's going to be Rager. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of D-Jax. And, and Alshon, I think, is going to eventually mix in, and I'll take a fourth from you for our, our bet this offseason. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I think they might just pay him to stay away. Right. So my takeaways were, I think this week kind of normalized. There's a lot of stuff that has just been boggling us for, for five weeks now, and I think week six finally set some things right. Uh, Matt Ryan and Julio, I think, are, are – two good examples. Matt Ryan throws four touchdowns after struggling, you know, not quite being the, the Matt Ryan we saw from 2019 Julio. We've been waiting for Julio. You were like one of the few that have been like Calvin Ridley one, Julio two, Julio comes out and shows, you know, he still has uh, a little bit left in the tank. So he goes for 137 and two touchdowns. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, two guys who have not been their normal self uh, this year as the top six QBs both had top five QB weeks. Uh, Josh Allen, I think he's starting to turn back into a pumpkin a little bit, right? Like his, his, his passing is kind of going down. He's starting to run the football, which is something he wasn't doing early in the year. And that's kind of what's always kept a good floor for him is his ability to rush the football. And then the Browns lost. They were four and one. And, you know, Cleveland is like, this is it. And then uh, Baker Mayfield uh, goes back to turnover prone Baker Mayfield and the Browns lose. So I just think this this was a week where it kind of normalized. I saw a lot of leagues where there was an 0-5 team going up against a 5-0, and and that 0-5 team wins because their guys were struggling up until this last week. So that, that was kind of my main takeaway. Yeah, uh, going back to Houston, yeah. Um, apparently, the only thing they had to do was fire Bill O'Brien, and their wide receivers were good again because Cooks has 17-229-2 and two since he's been fired, and you know Fuller has – had over 15 fantasy points in every game he's played um, except for week two. But one more quick takeaway, Kyler is an absolute monster. Um, yeah. I think we, we kind of knew that you were buying him. You thought at a high in startups, he was going, you know, in the late first, he's going to go in the, the high first, I think top five or top six 
come next season because of his consistency, what he can do on the ground. I mean, he's, he's finished his QB 5, 5, 10, 6, 5, and 3 so far, which is exactly what you want in, you know, a quarterback, especially in Superflex. Absolutely. Uh, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Tua is, is kind of the big news for this week. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick had been playing, I'd say, well in terms of fantasy, and, you know, even well in terms of real quarterback uh, play. They won their last two weeks. They're 3-3. Three and three. They were kind of ascending. He gets benched, and Tua uh, Tungvaloa is named the starter. Now they have a bye week here uh, in week seven, and then they face the Rams in week eight. Tom, what are your thoughts for, for Tua? I know coming into the season, we were we were high, and we knew there would be a transition period, and now that transition period has kind of just hit us abruptly. Like I don't think anyone was really ready for this. Uh, thoughts on, on Tua here as he as he jumps in against the Rams come week eight. Yeah, we weren't ready for it, and Ryan Fitzpatrick certainly wasn't ready for it. They kind of did him a little bit dirty there because he has been playing well. But uh, at the same time, they have to see what they have in Tua just because, listen, there's good quarterbacks coming out. So if Tua's going to flop, they might have to move on just like uh, Arizona did. I mean, they showed you that you don't have – you're not married to a quarterback if you don't like him, and there's a better quarterback out there. So they have to see what they have in Tua – as far as fantasy goes, I think there's going to be a little bit of a um, probably a slow transition. Uh, but you know what? If he comes out firing, who knows? I'm not sure who the be- main benefactor is going to be there. I would like to think that it's going to be uh, the tight end and the running back for checking down. But at the same time, you know, he'd like to air it out at Alabama. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen because I have no clue who the benefactor is going to be there. Yeah, I've I've had Tua pretty solidly as my QB ten in Dynasty. Um, I really liked his tape. Obviously, he had the injury concern coming in, but you know all signs show that that he's healthy and he's ready to go. And so, I honestly think he'll he'll come out pretty well prepared. I mean, he's had uh, multiple weeks to sit behind and learn from Ryan Fitzpatrick. He wasn't thrown right into the fire. You know, he's gotten just I think time to acclimate, right? Like he hasn't gotten the three years that Aaron Rodgers got in that situation, but he also wasn't thrown in week one says here, you know, here you go, make something happen with this team. And and the dolphins are finally healthy. Like that defense and especially that secondary is, you know, actually not bad and he has weapons. Um, so yeah, I think Tua can have some success for you and, and others that have him in fantasy. So I'm excited to see what he brings. The, the other piece of news is David Njoku uh, is looking to be traded again. We had a little bit of this news pop up uh, kind of right after the Austin Hooper signing. You know, I just quickly wanted to talk about potential teams and if you had any interest or if you're just, you know, Njoku is, is, is old news. You know, two names that popped to my head were the Cardinals. Uh, there were some Dan Arnold truthers. I think they might uh, be crawling back into their, their holes now. And then the Patriots, obviously they drafted two rookies there, but, I think David Njoku is a guy who would fit really well um, in that system uh, with Cam. Uh, they also have Ryan Izzo there for what that's worth. But any thoughts on David Njoku if he does move, and do you have any interest? Well, if he goes to the Pats, then I think he would shoot up because we saw you know, the Patriots like to run their offense through a tight end and look at Greg, what Greg Olson did with uh, Carolina and Cam. So he would shoot up there. I'm not sure where else uh, would be – you know, a good fit. I don't think it can get any worse than Cleveland. Um, and one other piece of news, another guy asking for a trade is John Ross, uh, just because, you know, T Higgins is out there and 
he has nowhere to go. Tell you the truth, he can't can't get on the field. So that'll be interesting to see if he gets moved. He doesn't have a very expensive contract right now. Um, I've I've seen him be be linked to the Eagles. I I don't see it happening, but you know we'll see if he gets moved. Yeah, I have a little bit of interest in Njoku just because I think he do, he is talented. He just hasn't quite put it all together. And like we've said before, I think we were talking about. Um, another tight end who we've been waiting on, um, O.J. Howard, a, a couple episodes ago. I think he's kind of in the similar boat as O.J. Howard. He's uber talented, not old yet, and tight ends take a while to develop. So um, I might throw a couple of feelers out there, maybe offer a third or something like that and see uh, what might come back in maybe a two-tight end league or a tight end premium. So something to keep an eye on there. But, Tom, it is time for the meat and potatoes of this episode. A little 2019-2020 rookie Smackdown. But before we get into that, who who is your favorite wrestler uh, to watch growing up? I don't know if you actually watched wrestling growing up, but I'm assuming you did. Uh, I did. Um, way back in the day, the Ultimate Warrior was awesome. Um, I'm showing my age a little bit there. If you talk about like the Attitude Era, The Rock was cool. Um, the Undertaker was cool. He kind of got old the a Rock little bit. Was cool. Yeah. Like you're so like. Stone, Duh, those are for the kids, right? Stone, Stone Cold was, you know, that. So when Stone Cold came out, that was like, oh, he said ass on TV. <laughs> um, yep. so that that was pretty cool back in the day. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure who my favorite would be. Okay, uh, yeah, you named my favorite, and I think that'd be the Undertaker. Man, he is just, just an absolute legend. Man, he's been going. He's like 55, and he's still going. Like it's insane. He's obviously not wrestling every night, but. It's it's crazy that he's still wrestling at age ninety, but yeah, just just at seeing him. Ninety, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I say at age ninety. I think you said at age ninety or each night. Yeah, I think I said each night, but oh, age ninety would be funny. Age ninety was good. <laughs> yeah, but I just think it's it's crazy seeing some of his matches that he's had over the years, and and you know he's had some really good ones with Shawn Michaels, Batista, Randy Orton, a lot of these names that these guys are all from different generations and he's been doing it since the, the kind of the area that you're talking about, like the nineties. And here he is still in, you know, 2010s, 2020 still Man. rocking. So you remember that freak show, uh, Mick Foley. Yep. He tossed him would, off the cell. Yeah. With the sock and everything like that. Uh -huh. When he was just like batshit. No, that, that was loopy. Yeah. So I think one of the most memorable WWF moments was undertaker tossing him off uh, oh, the yeah. top of the cage. So mm -hmm. not to get into uh, too much WWE glore here, but, Bleeds into what we're doing here for these these rookies. So our first matchup is a tag team matchup between the 2019 team of Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew, and they are taking on Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. So Tom, in this matchup of these two v two quarterbacks, what side are you taking and why? This is like uh, the Hardy brothers versus like the junkyard dog, like at the very beginning of the pay-per-view where they just go out there and, and Burrow and Herbert just play with them and throw them all around and just smash, smash, turnbuckle, table, etc. And they just basically Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew are getting paid to, to get their ass beat and Joe Burrow and Herbert are just like strutting around the ring. Yeah, yeah, we call those jobbers, uh, yeah. where they just take a bunch of bumps and hits and stuff. So yeah. it fluffy. sounds like you're basically it like you're Burrow, Burrow and Herbert. Yeah, C CJ has told me that um, in the porn in industry, they're called fluffers. So Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew are essentially fluffers for Burrow and Herbert. 
noted, duly noted there. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Burrow and Herbert. And I, I tweeted this out right before the the tweet that I put out 30 minutes uh, before we jumped on the air here was what Justin Herbert has done just in four games so far um, as an NFL starter. And I get it; it's a small sample size, but they they played really tough pass defenses. Tom, they played Carolina, they played Kansas City, they played Tampa Bay, and the Saints. And actually the first three before I got to the Saints are all top 12 passing defenses. And then the Saints aren't, but that's because they've missed Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins for a couple of those games. So I think that's still a pretty good pass defense if you consider them fully healthy. And, and they did have Lattimore for that game against the Chargers. And so what Herbert's been doing, he's on a 16-game pace for 4,768 passing yards, 36 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 220 rushing yards, four rushing TDs, and four lost fumbles. He would have been the QB two in 2019, Tom, with like 352 fantasy points. That's yeah. the pace he's on right now. Anthony Lynn is just like, meh, he's doing okay out there. Um, it's it's still pretty crazy to think that he got in the lineup because of a punctured lung from the medical team, and he's just going out there and he's just he's killing it. Uh, he looks really good. Uh, one of the problems I thought he might have with some accuracy in like the intermediate range. And he's, he looks good to me. Yeah. The one thing that probably matters to Anthony Lynn a little bit more than fantasy points is wins. And that's something Justin Herbert does not have on his resume. Yeah. They're on four with him uh-huh. and they were one to know with Tyrod as ugly as that week one victory over the Bengals looked. So maybe that's uh, what's, what's getting him still. Well, he looks good. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to what I would say. This this might be the main event that we're moving up a little bit, or maybe it's just that thriller that's like you have the opening match, and then this one just really picks up the crowd for the rest of the night. It is a six-man tag team elimination match. So basically, Tom, I'm going to read you six guys from the 2019 rookie class and then six guys from the 2020 rookie class, and I need you to help me decide which ones we're taking out it can be one by one. It can be a couple from one team and then a couple from the other. But we're going to go until one team has been eliminated. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So from the 2019 squad, we have David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Darrell Henderson, Damian Harris, Alexander Madison, and Miles Gaskin. And then for the 2020 class, we have DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, and Zach Moss. So of those 12 guys, 6v6, who is getting eliminated first? I think uh, if we're going to go, the first two people in the ring are Alexander Madison and and Zach Moss. It's a battle of the backups. And, you know, Zach Moss is way too slow for for Alexander Madison. And, and the sloth gets tossed right out of the ring rather quickly. And Madison's just staring. He's waiting for the next guy to come in, who I think would probably be Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I agree. So we have one 2020 rookie uh, down. They are now at a five on six uh, disadvantage. And so, yeah, if we if we bring in these other guys, uh, I think you're looking at Antonio Gibson and James Robinson there. Uh, on the other side, it's Madison, Damian Harris. You know, it's kind of like I'd say the lower guys. I'd actually yeah. probably move out Damian Harris before Madison, so maybe he he tags out, and then Damian Harris gets, <laughs> comes in and just gets pulped. Uh, but yeah, D- Damian Harris is was one that I'm going to toss out, and feel free to push back on any of these if you'd like. But you know, I I know he's getting some run with the the Patriots right now, but they're just 
they just split their carries so dang much and with Cam there. I just think the touchdown upside is limited. I didn't really love his tape coming out, and so I don't. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a thing. I think he's just there. He can hang out on your on your benches, but I never really feel. I don't think you'll ever feel comfortable starting him. No, I think uh, Damian Harris is definitely the. I think Damian Harris and Madison. I think they're both gone right now. I think 2020 has tossed them out of the ring, uh, which means we're left with Miles Gaskin, Darrell Henderson, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery for 2020, and then we have Swift, Akers, Dobbins, Gibson, and J. Rob. So, who do you think is the next person eliminated? So you tossed two at once, huh? You tossed Madison in here. Okay. All right. So now 2019 squad is down a little bit. You know, this is not going to be, and, and this is dynasty that we're, that we're going for. So this is not going to be a popular pick right now. I think it might get a little bit more popular as the season goes on. And as week six showed, this guy's not going to be a top five running back every single week. I'm probably going with James Robinson as my next guy out. Look, I think he's really good for this year. I think the Jags are, are, you know, not a great team. They're going to end up with two or three wins, and then I think they're going to blow it up. Doug Marone out. They're going to bring in other guys. They're probably going to look for a quarterback. I think they're going to draft a running back, bring in a, you know, a free agent. I don't think James Robinson is going to be this full work, workhorse back that we saw for the first uh, six, you know, six weeks, and, and we'll probably see for most of this season. I think he's great for 2020. For Dynasty, he's probably the last guy. Uh, I want out of the, these remaining guys. So I believe he falls off uh, for 2021. And that is my next guy out. I think it is. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. It's a battle of the Florida running backs, Miles Gaskin and James Robinson out there. So I think James Robinson is going to throw Miles Gaskin into an alligator pit out there and he's going to get eaten alive. <laughs> I, I don't think I, everything you just said about J Rob, I'm, you know, ditto for Gaskin. I don't think he's long for that job. Um, I think James Robinson has showed that he can take that job. So if they don't want to invest any capital in a running back because they want to spend those picks elsewhere because it's a smart play, um, then, you know, I think J Rob will be fine because they're going to put weapons around him and hopefully a line and a QB. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I, I kind of forgot Miles Gaskins was still sitting there on the other side. So we will eliminate another running back from the 2019 team. So they are down to just David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, and Darrell Henderson. And they're still taking on Swift, Akers, Dobbins, Gibson, and Jay, James Robinson. Tom, you are next to eliminate somebody. I think at this point we're just we're sitting here and we're going to call in some of the big guns. DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins are – they're going to go after, I think, Darrell Henderson, and they're going to say, you know what, I know you're doing well and everything, but we have this backup over here named Cam Akers. Cam, hey, how about you get in here? You want to throw Darrell out of the ring? Oh, guess what? I think Darrell just turned it around and tossed Cam Akers out. He only got Whoa. one He only got one Whoa. damn snap last week. And you know what? I know it's Dynasty and everything, but Cam, you got to show me something. Come on, son. I know it's a shocker. We had to have one shocker on here. You know, Cam Akers basically just slipped out of the ring. Darrell Henderson is just strutting around right now. I was not ready for that. I had to unmute myself to just let everybody know that what a just twist that was. I thought you were going <laughs> to toss out Henderson, just like you guys all did when he got drafted or when Cam Akers got drafted to the Rams. And I have 
in quotes here, Undertaker sit-up gif. Like, he he has just risen this year. Uh, 2019 was a lost season for Darrell Henderson. You know, he is rocking and rolling and looks like the best back there. And, and I said when Cam Akers uh, went there, I think eventually Akers will win this job. But I don't think Darrell Henderson's a bad back at all. I think he had a bad for, for rookie year. We've seen bad rookie years. You know, we, we talked about Rojo uh, last week. And we've seen bad rookie years before, and, and people can pull out of it. So I honestly like Darrell Henderson's talent. And and I also like Cam Akers' talent. So I think that's going to be an issue uh, for a while. So Akers gets tossed. Again, I'll probably bring back up James <laughs> Robinson. I'll, I'll let you you know decide if we're allowed to throw him out. But if we're talking about ranking our dynasty guys, I like Darrell Henderson for the long term more than James Robinson. I will admit they're probably close just because of the split backfield there with the Rams. And currently there's nobody there for the Jaguars. But I'm, I'm, I just don't think he's long for the job. Yeah, uh, I think I, I like James Robinson a little bit more than Darrell Henderson. Just because of the split, I think Akers will still, you know, factor in there, and, and they're going to have that split. Whereas James Robinson, uh, we're projecting, or you're projecting that they're going to replace him. Whereas Darrell Henderson and Cam Akers are already there. Yep, no, that's fair. I'm going to call a double elimination. Oh. They, uh, they both, you know, hit heads. Both fell down, one arm across the other. They are both eliminated. So we are down to <sighs> Swift. Acres, no, Acres gone. We're down to Swift, Dobbins, Gibson for 2020, and just Montgomery and Singletary for 2019. Tom, the, the advantage is still for 2020. Who's the next man out? All right, right now I, I think we're going to go and, you know, I think DeAndre Swift is going to eliminate the national champion, the fake national champion, Devin Singletary over here. Um, just because I think they're <laughs> – Swift, Dobbins, and, and Gibson have that path to being elite running backs. They are elite talents. Singletary, I like him a lot, but I just don't like him more than those guys. That's all that is. It's not It's not a hate between them. Right. Yeah, it's really close for me between Singletary and Gibson because if we, if we look at Gibson, we're looking at a guy that I don't know if he's ever going to be a 20-plus touch type of running back. Didn't have a lot of work in college, obviously. We, we know that. This entire 2020 season so far, he's gotten between 9 and 13 rushes, 2 and 5 receptions. So, I mean, we're talking about an upside of, of 18. And Again, this is just his rookie season. I'm not going to paint his picture for his entire career. But, you know, splitting with McKissick, not a great offense. That can obviously change. But I just – I think I like the Bills' offense better. Singletary, you know, it hasn't looked great, but I think that line's looked really bad, honestly. Yeah, like they have. His yards before contact is down, and, and I'm going to mention it when we get to David Montgomery, but he, Singletary's <laughs> right there with with uh, Montgomery and uh, the lowest yards before contact. So I, I'm still believing Singletary. He had 64 yards per game in 19 and a really good uh, average uh, yards per carry, and now he's down to 45 yards per game in 2020. So he's definitely dipping a little bit, but he's, he's, he's up in his receiving game, which is nice to see. Um, so – I, I kind of still like him. It's really close between Singletary and Gibson. Oh, yeah, I think it's it's close. So, you know what? Are they going to toss each other out? Yep, another double elimination. All right, um, which means now we're, we're left with Swift and Dobbins to go after David Montgomery, who is just way too slow-footed and he can't hit that hole. So I think DeAndre Swift and, and Dobbins are essentially doing one of those off-the-top rope double 
body slam power bomb tom <laughs> hardy just boom kind of thing they're they're doing a little uh, dudley boys action and they're tossing him through a table yeah That's what they're they're, doing there. you know what they're you know who they are they're the bushwhackers there it is ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> love it so yeah i i I'm, I'm going to just do a quick David Montgomery stand here. So I think he's very, 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 very talented. He doesn't have the burst that everybody wants every single running back to have. I, I get that. But the reason he is struggling right now is because the same reason he struggled last year. The Bears have one of the worst uh, rushing offensive lines in the NFL, and it's it's not even funny. He is third worst in yards before contact at 1.2 yards per carry. He's top 10 in yards after contact. He's fifth in rushing attempts per broken tackle. So every six rushes, he has a broken tackle, which is top five. Like he is a good running back. He's just not getting any room to navigate. I mean, we talk about this in our in our boxer channel. He'll break five tackles to get two yards sometimes. Like it's it's insane. So I agree. I like Swift and I like Dobbins more. So David Montgomery does get tossed out. The 2020 class wins with two men left standing, but Dang it, it's not David Montgomery's fault. Get him a dang line. I think the best thing that he might be able to do is lose some weight, like Le'Veon Bell did after his first year, and he'll get quicker and, and have some more explosion because he, he plays like he wants to be a smaller back. So if he cuts 10 to 15 pounds and it turns it into muscle, who knows, maybe he'll get that explosiveness. Not only does he not have an offensive line to protect him, but now people are fat shaming him. So thanks a lot, Tom. <laughs> Listen, I don't like David Montgomery. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize this. <laughs> we can't get into that. That'll be way too long. That'll have to be a podcast of its own. We need to move on to our next matchup, and, it, and it's one that's pretty exciting. It is a fatal four-way. That means there's four men competing. Only one can win. And this is for the running back one of these two classes. We have Josh Jacobs versus Miles Sanders versus Clyde Edwards-Hilaire versus Jonathan Taylor. Tom, of those four, if you had to pick one. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who are you picking and why? 
right now I'm going CEH just because of the job security and the uh, the offense that he's in. I think Le'Veon Bell, he only signed a one-year deal, so he'll be fine there as far as the longevity. We don't know what's going to happen with the Eagles and the offensive line there. Miles is hurt. He was hurt to start the season. He's not injury prone, but at the same time, that's a concern. Josh Jacobs, if he gets an uptick in his receiving yards, could challenge him. And then the last one, Jonathan Taylor. You know what? He's killing me right now. Yeah, you've backed I, off a little bit, man. He's killing me. You had him as running back seven? or, or I did. I, I dropped him under these guys. Um, he's absolutely just destroying my hopes and dreams. And it's not necessarily him. It's it's Frank Reich. He's not giving him the ball as much as he should. And I think that that offensive line is it's not playing well because they're not running the ball as much. Um, and they they excelled when they ran the ball a lot last year. And then their passing game is better. So I don't know what's going on out there. I'm still waiting for Taylor to pop one off. Yeah, I'm gonna push back on that just a little bit because. As much as you might want to blame Frank Reich in that line, I I don't think Jonathan Taylor's looked like the Jonathan Taylor that we saw in Wisconsin. Man, he's not, his, he his vision have. his vision's been a little off. Sometimes you've seen him just kind of miss that cutback lane. Um, obviously, he's not getting the full workload, so that's that's you know maybe plays into the rhythm narrative. But uh, he, he doesn't quite look as elusive. I I remember when I was watching him, uh, I think the phrase I used was he looks like when you give like the bully on the schoolyard the football like. Yeah. He is just, but but the, but then the bully is like just super quick too. I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was just like he plays this bully ball, but he's also quick on his feet and he's quick to the hole, and so he kind of has that full package that that you want to running back. And I just don't know if we've seen that for whatever reason. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to put a little bit of the onus on him. Not saying he can't snap out of it. It's only six games. Not worried long term, but I definitely think this drops him below uh, some of these other guys for me. You know, for me. Tom, it is so dang close. <laughs> Honestly, it's so close. Like you, you could tell me any of these other guys, and I'd oh, it'd be yeah. hard to argue. It, I mean, if you look at my ranks, I have Ceh, then Miles, then Jacobs. <laughs> so it's not. <laughs> you know, you can, if Sanders you can throw any of them in there. You know, if Sanders was healthy and we hadn't seen him get injured at the end of last year, and now you know injured at the beginning of this year, that just you know, I'm not worried about it, but it just puts a little damper for splitting hairs here. Right. You know, he's he's actually been really good this year. He's 87 yards per game. He has three scores in five games. He already has 25 targets in only five games this year. So, I mean, I think he's playing really well. Had obviously 100 and what was it, 19 yards on nine carries. He had two other games with 95 yards this year. So he's playing really well, and it's it's hard not to pick him as my number one. Uh, I'll just say Josh Jacobs next. You know, he – had an amazing uh, rookie season, only 13 games, but he had 88 yards per game. He's dipped down a little bit this year, 75 yards per game. Um, you know, he's scoring a, a TD every single game so far, which has been his calling card. Uh, he had one game with three, which obviously helps, but he's going to surpass his receiving totals. And that was the big question on him was, can he pick up that, that receiving game? And he's going to get, he's on pace right now for 60 targets and 45 receptions. So that kind of keeps him locked in as a, as a top running back one for me. But I think I'm going to agree with you. Clyde Edwards-Lair, just a little bit uh, above those two. Because as a rookie in an offense that I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to be there next year, he's averaging 84.2 yards per game. He's getting five targets a game, three receptions a game. 
He's extremely efficient as a runner. I mean, we saw him just chew up that Bills defense on was it Tuesday night? No, Monday night. Yeah. And here's here's the thing with him. The reason we're not raving about him is he only has one touchdown. We saw on primetime TV the mm-hmm. first game of the year, he gets stuffed on the goal line like five times. And then we see a couple of touchdowns get taken away this last week. And he just hasn't found the end zone. So people are like, oh, he's not that goal line back. He's not this. He's not that. Touchdowns are so fluky, man. Like we just saw Josh Jacobs had a three touchdown game. If if Clyde Edwards Elair gets three touchdowns, we're talking about he's probably running back five. He's running back eleven right now. If he gets a couple touchdowns here there, he doesn't get flagged. Uh, his team doesn't get flagged on one of the Buffalo Bills touchdowns against the Buffalo Bills. Then he's he's a top six running back, and and we're not even talking about this. So I'm going to say that the the work is there, the yardage is there. Bell might limit that ceiling a little bit this year, but. I'm not worried about him long-term at all. No, and I, I think one thing with CEH is that passing game is only going to go up. That's one of the big reasons they drafted him, so they can throw the ball to him more often. And we're talking about the touchdowns. Andy Reid is so creative down net, down near the red zone. It, it, it'll it happen. He'll get his touchdowns. But at the same time, you can go to Kelsey. He does these jet sweeps, direct snap, whatever he wants to do, and he winds up getting a touchdown. So. Uh, the touchdowns will come for him. He's too good not to actually get in the end zone, especially in the red zone. I agree completely. So let's do move to some single matchups. We're going to save our main event for the last uh, event of the evening. We're going to do some single matches here. First one is Deontay Johnson versus teammate Chase Claypool. Who do you like better and why? Well, before the season, I would have said, why is this even a matchup? But uh, Deontay Johnson is limping into the ring with, with crutches or something like that because he just can't stay on the damn field. And meanwhile, Chase Claypool is taking advantage of everything. Uh, ben is targeting him more than, than Juju and Deontay. It seems like he has more faith in, in Claypool, um, which to me is, is it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers, and he's just going wild. Um, so right now I have to go uh, Claypool, even though I, I like Deontay Johnson a lot. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I've seen Claypool traded for Jerry Judy straight up. I've seen him traded for Jalen Rager and, you know, a third. I've seen him just going for guys that were number one uh, first round picks. So, um, so he's already kind of climbed up into that first round. I think if we were doing a rookie uh, redraft, you know, or dynasty redo, uh, of the rookie draft. Uh, I think he'd make that first, first round. Yeah. Uh, our boy, Tyler Gunther. Yep, he traded Cooper cup for chase Claypool straight up. Yep. He, he did both of these that I meant that, that one. And then the Jerry Judy straight up for chase Claypool, which, you know, I, I want to knock right off the bat, but he, here's the thing, like, and, and this is very tilting for me. I, I'll tell you why real quick. So chase Claypool during the, the the scouting process, I'm watching the tight ends. I was like the only one that cared about tight ends this year. Everyone knew the tight end class mm-hmm. would be garbage this year. I'm watching Cole Komet and Notre Dame film, and there's this guy that just keeps on making plays, keeps on popping. And I'm like, man, I need to watch this guy more. And I, I start messaging in the chats, and I'm like, this this guy's good. Like, like who is this guy? Who's this Claypool guy? No one's talking about him. And so then, you know, we start doing some mocks and stuff, and I'm always taking him in the third or my first pick in the fourth. And then all of a sudden he goes out and he runs four four speed at his mm-hmm. tight end size, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is the guy." And then he goes ahead and gets drafted in the mid second round. Okay, great. And now 
he's just popped off. And my, what's so tilting about it is that I only have one, I only had one share and I traded him for Hayden Hurst because I lost Blake Jarwin in a league Oof. week one. So week two, I, I traded him for Hayden Hurst. And so now I have zero shares of a guy that I really liked in the draft process. And I just couldn't find ways to get him. Like I, I didn't have a third or, or I didn't have a late second and I felt like I'd be reaching too much. So I'd take like Higgins or Rager, or, you know, somebody in the early second or something like that. And it just didn't work out. And so now it's too late. I'd have to trade a, a Jerry Judy or a Cooper cup to get him. And while that might be a fair trade, I just, I just can't do it right now. I can't do it either. I'm not trading Judy for Claypool. I still believe in that talent. You know, let's just jump right to Jerry Judy's singles matchup. I have him matched up against 2019 rookie Darius Slayton. I don't know if they're exactly similar comparisons, but I think they, you know, from what we saw of Slayton last year, and so far we haven't seen Jerry Judy reach that hype that, that we expected. I think it's a, it's a fair comparison just in terms of maybe who do you like long-term? I like Judy um, long-term. It's, it's bonkers that these two are – you know, matched up because Slayton has been really, really good. Um, he's got the eighth best receiving grade in both classes as far as uh, over on PFF. So, you know, he's he's playing really well. I, but Judy, I still believe in the talent. He's going to get there. He was playing with a backup quarterback for a little bit. Let's see what he can do with Locke over, uh, you know, a longer stretch. And uh, we'll go from there. But I don't. I just don't believe in that Giants offense at all. And I think the Denver offense can be uh, much better. Yeah, the, this this wrestling match between Slayton and Judy, I think, comes down to Slayton is going to have some some boom moves. He's going to be able to you know uh, control part of the match, and then he's going to have some bust parts of the match where he just is getting roughed up by Judy. And the problem with Slayton is I think he just has too many bust weeks where he's under 45 yards where sure. It's nice when he goes over hundred and he has two touchdowns, but it's just, he's so boomer busted. And I know that player is great for best ball, but it's not great when you're setting lineups unless he's playing the Dallas Cowboys and you know, it's coming, uh, you know, I'll take Judy. Judy's been getting 6.6 yards per game. He's getting 15.6 yards per reception. His only issue is he's only catching just over 50% of his passes. And I think that improves you know, once we we talk about Drew Locke getting in there, getting healthy, you know, starting to build some continuity, you know, they haven't played that many games together. So I think that will start to improve as the season goes on. I will take Jerry Judy to win that matchup. Right. Next matchup is Debo Samuel versus his own teammate, Brandon Ayuk. Ooh, this is a tough one because they're they're basically the same guy, except they're not. Um I like Debo more in the uh, draft process, so I'm, I'm going to go with Debo. Um, I it, It's all going to come down to usage. I think they're both very talented. I I don't have anything crazy to, to say. It's just I, I prefer Debo. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I didn't really like uh, you know Debo coming in until last year. I actually stumbled into uh, – having a share of him in our bar tab league that you just joined this hmm. year. The only spot I have him. And the reason I stumbled into him is because I actually like Paris Campbell a little bit more. And someone had bid Paris Campbell up to, we do, we do an auction, a rookie auction. And someone had bid him up to a certain amount. And I was like, okay, well that's a little bit too high. I'll just bump up Debo. So maybe someone will, you know, overbid me on Debo and I can go back to Paris. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just let me have Debo and it was a pretty good deal. 
and now obviously Debo was was the better pick so far. So, you know, just watching how how Debo worked last year, I think I just like that that more than Ayuk hasn't hasn't had enough. We we haven't seen enough yet. Um, now, can that come? I think it's going to be tough with Kittle there and then Debo there. We saw both of them get touchdowns. I'm not sure, was that last week or two weeks ago? You know, it, it's it's going to be tough for for Ayuk, I think, to separate from Debo unless he's just purely the better player, which will eventually show. But I do not think that's the case. I will go Debo. Right. So we're talking about you know, we think they're the, pretty much the same. It's tough to choose. PFF has their grades at Debo 68.9 and Ayuk is 68.7 for receiving grades. So that just goes to – they're like little clones out there. So I'll take the guy who stays healthy. Which which guy is that? The guy that stays healthy. <laughs> that one. There. Okay, okay. I thought you were hinting at a certain name. I was like, nope. wait, which Mm-mm. one? Okay, fair enough. That's for um, you to guess. Speaking of players who – maybe don't quite stay healthy. So not speaking of health, uh, Marquise Brown and Henry Ruggs is the next matchup. And I think these guys are the perfect matchup. Speaking of clones, uh, I think they have a lot of similarities to their game. Which one are you taking? I am going to take Hollywood. I think he's more refined in the things that he does than Henry Ruggs. Um, And you know what? I like his quarterback better. I think he's got more, more stability at the quarterback position because we're not sure what's going to happen with Derek Carr, even though Derek Carr has been playing outstanding football um, thus far. But, you know, Hollywood, he's got the 10th best receiving grade out of the class. It's, it's quite a bit higher than Henry Ruggs, even though Henry Ruggs didn't play that much. Um, I think Hollywood can only get better, and he's still, you know, he's playing really well. He's got the six-month receiving yards out of this group. So, I think as soon as he, it's the problem with the Baltimore offense is the volume for everybody. And I think they're shifting more towards, you know, throwing the ball um, than, you know, Lamar just taking off and running and having all those designed runs. So we should see an uptick with, with, with Hollywood and, and Mark Andrews just because of the volume. Yeah. It, there's just so many similarities. I mean, if you want to talk about the way they play the game, you know, one's 180 pounds in Marquise Brown and one's 188 pounds in rugs, you know, five, nine for Marquise Brown rugs is five eleven. So, you know, the way they play the, the, the deep shots, but then also like their role in the offense, I think is the same. Like they're both behind, I would say their, their tight end, right. Waller and yeah. Andrews, you know, seem to be maybe, maybe not Andrews to the certain extent of, of targets all the time, but just if you're expecting someone to, you know, have the best fantasy week out of those uh, pass catchers, most of the time you're going to think Andrews for the Ravens, Waller, for the Raiders, you know, I might, it's really close, but I might go rugs. You have two years uh, of youth on that side. You know, I do obviously like the Ravens offense better right now. I don't think Carr is as bad. And we, and we talked about Carr as our mystery player last week. Like, I don't think he's this check down Charlie that we've seen all the time. I just don't think he had mm-hmm. anybody to throw to. He just had Tyler Williams. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. And I think John Gruden believes in him. He's obviously seen a ton of quarterback play over his year. Uh, years analyzing the position and so i'm someone who kind of believes in, in david carr and i'm getting behind that i'll take henry ruggs but it's extremely close yeah they go they um, go to the, they go to the 11th hour in that match right the the big thing with these guys is going to be volume um rugs only has 11 targets am i reading that correctly yeah he's been injured uh right. Tom. He's, he's played, missed, he's played what, three games but 11 targets I, I believe he got hurt in one of the games so he's still not getting a ton of work. 
It's pretty efficient when he's actually had the ball, though, because he's had a good game. Um, Hollywood, I want him to get more targets, and he's got 40 targets through five games. So yeah. it's not bad, right. but he needs more targets. No, I can't uh, disagree with you there. So it, it's very close for me as well. Tom, we're going to finish up with the main event. And, and this is one I know when you saw on the show sheet, you were excited to get to, and I am as well. It is a three-man tag team match. On the 2019 rookie side, we have the stud, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and A.J. Brown. Three studs, I should just say. And then for the 2020 class, we have Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, and T. Higgins. Tom, it is our job to, to decipher between this three-man tag team match who is going to win over the other group. I'll let you okay. get the first word. I'll tell you what I think. I think it's going to come down to the referee and and Travis uh, Fulgham is the the mystery referee and he's going to start like smashing <laughs> people over the head and everything because he's been awesome and it's only been for three games but still it's it's fun to throw him in that mix because of how efficient he's been early on. I am going to take just because a group. I like DK and and McLaurin and AJ. I know CD and and Justin Jefferson are you know. They're that new thing out there because of how they're playing and everything. But DK balling, McLaurin still balling, AJ Brown balling. They all are. You're going to come at me with a bunch of numbers and everything. I, I know you are. But the big thing is I prefer Terry McLaurin over T Higgins by a very good margin. I think DK and CD lamb match up pretty well. Um, I'll give DK the edge there, but not by a lot. I think AJ and Justin Jefferson match up pretty well right now. They're super close for me. Um, probably go Justin Jefferson. And then the last one is McLaurin over T Higgins. And I will take McLaurin by a good, good amount. I don't think that's close. You could tell me any one of these wide receivers was your number one and anyone was number six and that there'd be a little pushback with a couple of them, but honestly, well, I, like there is just, I think out of the five, I think Higgins is like on the outside, but he's, he's getting there. Possibly. Man, see, see not for me because I was such a Higgins fan through the draft process. And I just want to read you uh, this number real quick. So Metcalf in his rookie year, a hundred targets, 58 receptions, 900 yards and seven touchdowns. Higgins, 16-game pace, and, and keep in mind, he wasn't very involved the first two weeks. I think uh, he had both Mike Thomas and John Ross playing over him, where as Metcalf was basically a starter alongside Lockett for all 16 games. Mm -hmm. Higgins, 16-game uh, pace with 101, 59, 904, and 5. So we're talking about uh, targets exactly the same, receptions exactly the same, yards, four yards off, a couple more touchdowns Metcalf's side, but – you know, touchdowns can go any which way. You know, he's on that that DK Metcalf pace right now, and that's with AJ Green still involved in the offense, uh, getting involved this last week. That's still with Tyler Boyd, obviously there. His first two weeks, he was a little slow. Like Higgins is coming on strong, and he's a guy that I advocated for. I think I don't know if he if I respect his game to the level I do DK Metcalf's, just because of how much of a freak athlete DK Metcalf is. But I definitely think he's AJ Green. Like he, he can go up and get any ball anywhere around him. You know, uh, his speed is not like four, four speed, but he is quick off the line. Like he can get behind cornerbacks. So, you know, Higgins, I, I have him 
personally, I have him in the same range as, as Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, probably a little bit lower, obviously, based on uh, what they've done so far and obviously the draft capital. But he is, if we're talking like one, two, three, and I still have Rager up there. We haven't seen Rager yet. I still have Judy up there. I'll, I'll, I'll keep those five and then have a teardrop. Maybe I'll throw on Claypool too. I don't know. But no, Higgins is absolutely uh, with these guys for me. Hmm. Um, I just want to throw out there that if this was an ab- an actual wrestling match, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown would literally rip everyone's arms off their bodies <laughs> yes. uh, that, on, the, on the 2020 class. Yeah, man, completely. Like, okay, here's what's tough about this because we're going off of a six-game sample size, and I just want to read you again. Like, I think it's it's we have to be very careful. I've already done it with Justin Herbert, and I did it with T. Higgins, and I'm about to do it with Ceedee Lamb and Justin Jefferson. We have to be careful with these small sample sizes, but I do think they're worth noting just to show what they're doing thus far. Jefferson is on pace for 96 targets, 75 receptions, so really good. Uh, receiving rate which will probably drop a little bit and then 1,432 yards and eight touchdowns like don't think he gets there obviously but he is clipping right now um in in an offense that doesn't pass a ton and honestly didn't through the first four weeks it's, it's a lot it's been a lot of the work the last two weeks lamb now get this tom <laughs> cowboys historic uh start in passing attempts lamb is on pace for 133 targets 96 receptions 1,325 yards and five touchdowns. So these two rookies as of right now are just pacing to blow out A.J. Brown's numbers out of the water, Terry McLaurin's. But then Terry McLaurin in his own right is getting peppered this year. Terry McLaurin is on pace for 154 targets, 96 receptions, and 1,300 yards in his own right. He's just struggling because he doesn't have any quarterbacks and he can't find the end zone. So I don't think we're helping anybody listening to this if who's winning the battle. I'm just saying that these six guys for me are just cream of the crop right now. If if you can get any of them on your team, I think you need to because they're just going to be. I I think in a couple years these guys are going to be the Michael Thomases, the Devontae Adams, the DeAndre Hopkins. Like this this group of six, I I think all six of them will be in your top ten. Obviously, health has to play a factor there. I think they're all going to be in your top ten wide receivers here in the next couple years. Yeah, I, I think out of this group, I think McLaurin is the most undervalued because of he's on the Redskins. Um, and you could say Higgins probably, but McLaurin, what he does, he's sandwiched right in between CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson in a ton of categories. He's got 487 yards. CeeDee's got 497. They both have 36 receptions. Terry McLaurin has more targets. It's the touchdown. CeeDee has one more touchdown than, than Terry McLaurin. And everyone is going absolutely bonkers over, you know, CD Lamb and Terry McLaurin did this last year. He's already got a full year under his belt. So I think that is the big difference for me why I took DK and, and AJ just because Terry McLaurin. You could argue that AJ Brown is actually the third wide receiver in that group. Yeah. I, I mean, just, and maybe it's not even his fault because he just doesn't quite get the volume, right? Like 84 yeah. targets his rookie year. His big thing was just how many yards per target he got 52 receptions, 1000 uh, yards. So, and, and eight touchdowns. And that was basically all in the second half of the season. He was really quiet the first seven, eight weeks uh, this year, you know, 128 uh, targets is, is what he's on, on pace for. Obviously he's missed some time, but it, on a 16 game pace, 128 targets, 91 receptions, 944 yards. So his, his yards per has really dropped this year, but he's gotten a touchdown 
per game. He has one touchdown per game. So uh, didn't have one week one and then had two in his first week back, week five. So, Tom, if we're splitting hairs between all these guys, man. Do the right thing. This is this is so tough, but I, I, th- I think I got to stick with the 2019 guys. I think I got to agree with you, but man, if I don't love CD, T. Higgins, and Justin Jefferson, like, oh, it's, <laughs> it it really is. A, it's a fantastic matchup with these six guys. So, again, like I said, the difference to me is is Terry McLaurin over T. Higgins. I think we need to do a Twitter poll. That's what we need to do, and we need to say, I like it. You know, tag team match. Uh, three-man tag team match here. Here's the two sides, 2019 rookies versus 2020 rookies. Who do you got? And so, see where yeah, people take us. The other thing, if you if you have this wide receiver core and you have that on the field, the 2020 class might have the edge because CD plays in the in the slot so much and he's more familiar than, than AJ, mm-hmm. McLaurin, and DK, and Justin Jefferson and Higgins play on the outside. So they might be a more cohesive unit if they were all on the same team. You know, if you're, if you're slotting them into, yep, Justin Jefferson obviously has, has done a lot in the slot, uh, but so, he's a big, tall guy that can get anything anywhere, so he can play on the outside. T. Higgins is an out, the outs, he's the A.J. Green outside guy, possession guy you want. C.D. Lamb obviously killing it in the slot. But A.J. Brown, honestly, when, when he went to, to the Titans, people were like, well, wait right. a minute. They have Corey Davis, and then they already have, you know, Adam Humphreys is in the slot, and how is that going to work? And no, A.J. Brown could play anywhere on the field, and he was great in the slot uh, at Old Miss. So, Yeah, he was. And going back to Justin Jefferson, he's not just a slot guy. Week one and two, he only had 11 snaps on the outside um, out of 65. But since then, he's lining up on the uh, outside 73% of his snaps. So yeah. – my big concern with him was that he was going to get put in the slot. And when they, when the Eagles took Jalen Rager over him, I said, you know what? We didn't need somebody to work the middle of the field, which turns out that was wrong. We needed anything to be healthy. Um, but you know what? He's pretty damn efficient on the outside too. Yeah, Tom. So kind of recapping all this, 2020 class has obviously been crazy good. We took Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert over Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew. We took uh, in the in the elimination tag team. The, the final guys standing were Swift and Dobbins, and then the fatal four way. We took Clyde Edwards-Helaire. So this is a bunch of 2020 guys that are winning. In the single matchups, we took Chase Claypool, 2020 guy. We took Jerry Judy, 2020 guy, and then we split on Marquise Brown and Rugs, and then we both took Debo. So that's one 2019 win. And then in this main event, we take 2019, but I'd say just by a hair. So I think that just goes to show you how good this 2020 class has been and then just how how much this next step has been taken for the guys like DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and A.J. Brown for that 2019 top of the wide receiver class. So, and, man, and this, was, this was a blast. And I'll tell you what, this is going to be fun to revisit next year when we have the 2021 wide receiver class coming in and we can, you know, have a, a three-way tag team with, you know, Jamar Chase and Bateman and Rondale and, um, you know, I there's too many to name. I'm done. We're going to do, uh, we're gonna have to do a Royal Rumble. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> over the wide receivers in, the, in this, you know, three-year span. They're just churning them out. That's, that's awesome. And then don't forget, 2018, you had Calvin Ridley. Yep, yep, absolutely. No, that, that was a very good class with Sutton, Ridley, DJ Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Kirk is, is, is kind of still there kind of a little bit. So and that's a very good class in its own right. So maybe that is what we should do for a future episode in the summer. Some look forward to, you know, epi- episode 45 or something of the TFA Dino show. We're going to be rolling with, you know, no content this summer, dying for football to come back. Yeah. And we're going to do a, a wide receiver Royal Summer Rumble. Slam. It'll be yeah, wide there receiver it Summer Slam. Perfect. Perfect. So, Guys, make sure you guys are checking out all the content that we have at thefantasyauthority.com. You know, Tom, you're doing your Saturday props. Sometimes it comes out Friday night, sometimes Saturday morning. Uh, that stuff's always good. You, you were on fire, and then I jumped in a little bit with you on some stuff and, and just went absolutely cold. So I'm going to stay away and let you get back on that winning streak. I went ice cold like in The Shining when he's just like outside freezing with icicles on his nose. That's yep. what I went. So – It'll bounce back. I'm doing some work already and seeing who I like tomorrow. I, I do believe I like Travis Fulgham over over 56 and a half receiving yards. So let's go. A little sneak preview there. Um, we have a lot of good dynasty content coming out. Jeremiah Stewart has been putting out his dynasty risers and fallers every single week. Uh, I know CJ has been doing a lot of good work uh, with their dynasty pickups. So yeah, make sure you guys are following for a lot of dynasty content and then just all the content in general. DFS stuff is coming out on Thursdays. Um, they also do, uh, Ryan has a show on that gets produced on Saturday. So just all the content you could ever want. Make sure you're following on Twitter at FF underscore authority. Tom, until next week, see ya. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.